The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. That was a heavyweight battle right there, okay? And you guys went toe-to-toe, came out on top. It took everybody in this locker room. What do we say, Dolph? It's our play Anytime in this league, anytime in this league, you get to 10 wins. All right, 10 wins, no matter the grind, no matter what it takes, you find a way. Anytime you get to 10 wins in this league, you give it up for yourself. You give it up for what you guys are doing. That was the best game we played all year, gentlemen. That was the best game. We are playing our best football right now. It's five weeks in a row now we're playing our best football, and we're in December. That's a credit to you guys. I know what we are, man. I know what we are. You should know what you are. Man, that, that makes me want to get up and run into this fake brick wall that's right over there and bounce right <laughs> off of it with multiple broken bones. What a way to start the show. PFT Live, Woo. Monday edition, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. We are here on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports NFL, tape delayed basis, podcast necessarily tape delayed whenever, wherever, however you may be. Miles Simmons is out in California, bright and early. It's not even bright, dark and early. Middle of the night in California, Miles rolls out of bed. What time do you get up to do this show on a Monday? Uh, Well, it depends on how much anxiety about I have waking up on time the night before. So today, for instance, I I woke up before my alarm at 2.30 and I was reading some stuff to help prep for the show. So I've been up for a little while, you know, getting myself a five-hour energy and I get myself going. And, you know, did did Dan Campbell know that that was a post-game speech? Because I agree, like I'm, I'm ready to run through my laptop screen right now, man. Oh man, you know, you get me fired up, and that's supposed to be a post game guy, you know. I'm like, wow. Yeah, you get them all fired up to go home 
(laughs) (laughs) Let's get in the car. (laughs) And and they are very much alive despite starting one and six. And they've won four out of five. They barely lost on Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills. And now they've got the Vikings coming to town on Sunday in what should be a high-scoring game because it features the two worst defenses in the entire National Football League statistically, although both teams doing pretty well. We're going to go over as much as we can of the Sunday that was in the NFL, most of the important stuff. And we're actually going to begin, Miles, not with the game that was on Sunday night because there isn't a whole lot to say about that. And this is going to be one of those days where the Cowboys fans will be emailing saying, you always talk about the Sunday game right out of the gates, Sunday night on Monday morning. And we don't. And I need to remember this for the next time it happens when someone complains about our presumed habit of always talking about the Sunday night game right out of the gates, and you're not doing it today, you don't respect my team, why do you hate my team, yada, yada, yada. So we're going to skip over the Sunday night game. There's nothing to talk about. It was a bloodbath, especially in the fourth quarter. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Are you freaking kidding me? We'll, we'll get to that later, if at all. This is the game that I think 3.7% of the country actually saw, yeah. and that was – The 49ers hosting the Miami Dolphins. And I know Bengals fans upset now. They want their respect. You have to respect the Bengals. And we'll get get to you this segment. Just chill, Bengals fans. Just chill. 49ers-Dolphins is more eventful for one very big reason. A high-end Super Bowl contender is down to a seventh-round rookie quarterback who was the last guy drafted? I'm not big into the whole Mr. Irrelevant thing in a seven-round draft. I, mm. Because how many guys not even drafted make teams, become starters, pro bowlers, Hall of Famers? The last guy drafted doesn't matter. I, I I've never been into that, especially with a seven-round draft. However, Brock Purdy from Iowa State, last man drafted. Now the last man standing sort of. In San Francisco. I mean, they still have backups, but uh, you're already screwed. They always say if you're down to your third-string quarterback, you're screwed. Well, the 49ers are down to the third-string quarterback, and they're not screwed, Miles. He looked pretty good yesterday. You know what's really interesting, Mike? When you're playing an opponent in the Miami Dolphins that runs the same scheme as you do, uh, down to probably a lot of the same terminology, right? And you're studying that thing on film, and you are the backup quarterback, so you are the show team quarterback. There's probably no better week that Brock Purdy could have come in and executed the the offense to a high level because that's what he was doing the entire week anyway. And quarterbacks always talk about, oh, I prepare like I'm the starter. I prepare like I'm the start. No, you don't because you don't get starters reps. And that's just one of these inherent things that comes with being in the NFL. There's not enough time to get two quarterbacks prepared to play in any given week there just isn't so when Brock Purdy has to come in for an injured Jimmy Garoppolo after the first drive of that game I mean again there's just no better time for him to come in because he had been running that offense the entire week instead of say running I don't know uh like the Cowboys offense or whatever the the 49 or excuse me the Buccaneers offense as if they're going to play them this week right so there was a good opportunity for him And he executed about as well as anybody could have in that situation. I mean, he exceeded my expectations. Great point. And you get bonus points for using the actual lingo of show team instead of scout team. The the non-astute football observer thinks it's called the scout team. The true inside the beltway football 
aficionado who follows it and has worked for a couple of teams knows it's actually called the show team. Here is Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the San Francisco 49ers, upon learning the bad news that Jimmy Garoppolo, who exited early with a foot injury, has a broken bone and is likely done for the year. Here he is. I mean, just hearing it, it was, it was pretty crushing. I mean, it's, we know what Jimmy's been through, how hard he's worked at this. You know, I, I got that news a little in the second quarter, um, so it was a little different for me. Even just how happy we were with that game. That was a really cool game just as a team and all the stuff that went on throughout the game and just be able to co- overcome some things. And it was so, such a special win, um, but definite mixed emotions hearing about Jimmy. Um, I told the guys right after the game, and so I know that gave them some mixed emotions fast too. But um, it was a hell of a job by Brock coming in, stepping it up. He, he um, did a real good job today, and um, we're going to be ready to do our best to overcome this. And look, as starting quarterbacks being lost for the season go, among playoff contenders, now that the cream has separated for the most part from the crap, the 49ers are the one team least affected by this. Jimmy Garoppolo's been perceived as the weak link anyway. We don't win because of him. We win in spite of him. He's the guy that, as long as he doesn't screw anything up, the rest of the team can take care of business. As long as we don't have to count on to make a big throw in a big spot, everything will be fine. As long as we can overcome those periodic moments of Jimmy G doing a Jimmy G thing, the train will keep rolling. So, really, look at any other contender. The Bengals without Joe Burrow, screwed. Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes, screwed. Bills without Josh Allen, screwed. Eagles without Jalen Hurts, screwed. Vikings without Kirk Cousins, screwed. The only team among all the high-end contenders that would just kind of shrug at the loss of the starting quarterback is the 49ers. So, yes, it's big news, but I I think it's no big deal for the 49ers. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I think it's bigger than no big deal because Jimmy Garoppolo has been in those situations before, and he's not a seventh-round rookie. So what situation are you talking about- referring to? Are you referring to the situation where he freaked out Kyle Shanahan to the point where he turned him into Bob Greasy and said, you just hand the ball off in these playoff games and the rest of the team will take care of things? Is that the situation you're talking about? Because I think Brock Hurdy can execute or Brock Purdy can execute the handoffs if it comes yeah, to Yeah, easy it. for you to know his name, Brock right? Hurdy, um, Brock Purdy, I, but, they know who we mean. Yeah, yeah you're going to know his name. Hey, by the end of the regular season, we're going to know Brock Purdy's name, all right? Um, well, because every yeah. possible pun has probably already been exhausted for Brock Purdy. Yes. Well, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll do something with that probably, you know, in the coming weeks. But no, I, it, just from an emotional standpoint, though, right? I mean, this is already a team that lost its starting quarterback early on in the season in Trey Lance. So you have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is the backup quarterback. And I think it's important to kind of remember that, which sort of gets lost because he's been a starter for so long in San Francisco, that – He was the backup this year. So now you're down to your third-string quarterback. And whenever a team is down to your third-string quarterback, like you said, I mean, you you think you're kind of screwed. But even though there are limitations with Jimmy Garoppolo, people talk about how good he is as a teammate, how much he cares, how the kind of emotional lift that he provides. So, I mean, at least for the time being, it's still – it's something that they're going to have to overcome. And whenever you're talking about a young quarterback who just doesn't have any experience in general, going from what you had with Jimmy Garoppolo down to that, that that's a significant thing. Now, I think Brock Purdy can execute the offense, 
I mean, what is it Frank Reich said, uh, uh, you know, before he got fired? I can, I can prepare a quarterback to win one game, but then once they get film on that guy, we'll see what happens. And that's the kind of situation you're in now with Brock Purdy. But if there is any situation that a young quarterback who doesn't have any experience that was drafted in the seventh round can come in and feel comfortable, let's call it, then yeah, it's with the San Francisco 49ers who have the best defense in the league and also have a collection of weapons that rivals anybody offensively. This is a decent situation that Brock Purdy is walking into, but it's not like there's not going to be some kind of drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo, even with his limitations. But I think the drop-off for them will be as small or smaller, far smaller than it would be for any other playoff contender. It's a system, and it's a system expertly crafted by Kyle Shanahan where they're always staying ahead of what the defense is doing. They specifically devise, and Chris Sims talked about this, their first order of business every week is coming up with ideas in the run game, not the pass game, to exploit the realities of a defense. You know, at the end of the day, you got 11 guys. You can deploy them however you want. Kyle Shanahan figures out how a given team chooses to most commonly deploy its players under certain circumstances down in distance whatever the case may be so how do I take advantage of those 11 guys how do I get a guy to move this way and create a hole that that guy can run through so I, I just I this is nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo the guy was done they had thrown him overboard he was out oh, know, and they brought him back in they were going to trade him and if they didn't trade him they were going to cut him and we got to late August and they looked around and I think a big part of the reason was We're still not real sure about Trey Lance. Are we ready to really go forward with Trey Lance as our starter when we have this other guy who knows the offense, he's here, maybe we can work out a deal and pay him less and a win-win for everyone, and they did that, and then by week two they needed it. So this is a locker room that's been through every possible crazy quarterback scenario you can imagine – which I think it makes them more, what's the word, well-adjusted? They're very well-adjusted because they've had to adjust to everything. So they'll adjust to this, and they'll just keep going. I mean, they've got a pretty damn good record. They won the game against a very good Miami Dolphins team with a total team effort where the defense stepped up and got it done and slammed the door on the Dolphins. So it proves that this formula works. You don't even need to say, bear with me. We'll make it work next week. It already worked. Brock Purdy got thrust into the fray early. And they beat one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And they made Tua Tonga-Vailoa look ordinary. So I think, that, I think that the 49ers will be fine. If it was any other high-end contender, it would be, uh-oh, can they hold on? What are they going to do? Is there anybody out there? Can they get Big Ben to come out of retirement? I mean, you know, we were throwing around all sorts of names just for craps and giggles yesterday as to guys <laughs> that they could bring in. You know, Phillip Rivers, I, you know, Drew Brees, although he was hit by lightning, unless he wasn't. I mean, there's all sorts of guys that are out there that are available. Sorry, I, I, the over-under was was uh, 11 minutes for me yourself. to mention the, the uh, lightning thing that was yep. very mm-hmm. funny. It was a funny joke, a, funny, a very, very funny joke. I'm waiting for other sportsbook ambassadors to be swallowed by an alligator or, you know. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I have some thoughts that I'm going to refrain from articulating. Let me share this thought with you. I don't know if you've. Okay. I don't know if this is flashed for you. We were showing Brock Purdy earlier. This is my way to transition mm-hmm. out of the mess that I'd wandered into. Brock Purdy to me looks like that guy who looks like somebody, but you don't know who it is. 
<laughs> he looks like that guy from that thing. He, it's kind of a twist on that. He looks like somebody that you should know who it is, but you don't know who it is. Like that is I, that that. Well, I know him. He's he's wait, who is he? Yeah, that's him. That's Brock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just, um, I don't know. He's one of those nondescript quarterback people. Yeah. He looks like the, the create a player sort of that you would get in like Madden. Yeah. You know, the face that they start with. Yes. And then you have to reshape it and do all kinds of other stuff. And then, you know, you come out with your create a player. That's kind of what he looks like. The smiling Brock Purdy at the bottom of the screen looks a little like John Harbaugh, but the, the stoic Brock Purdy is just kind of like, he looks like, a guy that I should know exactly who he looks like, and I can't think of who it is that he looks like. Mm-hmm. But the 49ers still look like a great team. See that? That's, yes. That's professionalism at its finest. The 49ers are moving in the right direction. The 49ers will be dangerous. They will travel well if and when they go on the road. But you know, they're going to have – they're probably going to be the three seed. So they're going to be hosting the six seed to start the postseason. And then they'll go mm-hmm. to, you know, the way it's falling now, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good luck Vikings dealing with that defense. So uh, if it comes to it, I, I just think the 49ers for I, we've been here before where a contender loses its quarterback in December and it's like, that's it. Put a fork in them. They're done. It's over. They're frauds. They can't, they can't perform that. I just, I think that this is the one case that we can point to where, the 49ers should be optimistic, and they should have a little spring in their step once they realize they can win with Brock Purdy. And they can, well, and I think they will. Yes. I, the, two things about the 49ers when, in regards to that. I mean, the, the throw to me that signaled that Brock Purdy is ready for the opportunity was late in the second quarter. It was third down and 10, and Miami pretty much sent the house right at Purdy. Right. And he still stays in the pocket and he fires the ball pretty much right into the teeth of the blitz, right to George Kittle. It goes for a first down. I think he got 19 yards when they needed 10. Right. That to me was one of those signals where it's like, okay, even though Brock Purdy is a seventh round rookie, they can be okay with him because he's not scared. He was prepared for that moment. And that's something that a lot of, you know, quarterbacks that have been in this league a lot longer than him have really struggled with at times. So that to me was a really good sign. And also when you've got the defense and the defense is playing as well as it played, Kyle Shanahan started talking about this at his post-game press conference that he kind of called out in sort of ingest the defensive line for not playing quite as well as the linebackers in their last win. And apparently the defensive line took that very personally because after Nick Bosa forced his last sack, which ended up as a fumble return for a touchdown for Dre Greenlaw, you know, he comes back over to the sideline and Kyle Shanahan says, I thought we were going to celebrate. And effectively, Nick Bosa said, that's what happens when you call me out in a team meeting. So, and he didn't say it quite like that. He said it a little more explicitly. But if they can keep that defense playing at that high level, yeah, I've said it for weeks now. They, they have a championship caliber defense, and they showed it yesterday against the Miami Dolphins, who are as good on offense as about anybody in the league when you consider the speed that they've got, right? If you can keep playing like that, then that's how you rally around Brock Purdy and play good football. And the key to the 49ers continues to be keeping the nucleus of their best players healthy. And yes, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo was part of that nucleus, but he was kind of on the fringes of it. You need Nick Bosa. You need Debo Samuel. You need Christian McCaffrey. You need 
the best of the best to be healthy. Once they start getting banged around, and they can, and they have, because they play with no hesitation, they do run into that brick wall. And usually the brick wall loses. Sometimes one of the bricks wins, and a guy gets injured, and he's got to fight through it, and maybe he can't play at all, or he plays and he's impaired. That's the issue for the 49ers. That's the thing that can derail them on their path to another Super Bowl. And they still, in my mind, continue to be a team that can get there. And and it's a great opportunity falling out of the sky for Brock Purdy. As they are looking continuously for their long-term answer at quarterback, and they don't know what they have in Trey Lance, and they still don't know, I guess it would be fitting if at the end of the day, after they gave up everything they did to move up to number three in the 2021 draft, the last guy taken in 2022 becomes a guy that they can feel good about and rally around and eventually figure out who in the hell it is that he looks like. All right, Tuatonga Vailoa did not have a great game. First loss of the year where he went wire to wire. People act like he hadn't lost a start. Well, he started the Cincinnati game, but that was that that's kind of like an asterisk. And, you know, that was a weird, dark period for the league and for the Dolphins. But in every yes. game where he's been healthy and been able to go start to finish, they had won. They were 7-0. and And yesterday it just didn't go well. It looked like it was going to go extremely well. Right out of the gates, shot out of a cannon. There go the Dolphins with the Kyle yep. Shanahan offense, knowing exactly what D'Amico Ryan's defense is going to do. That was one of the advantages that Chris Sims said last week Mike McDaniel would have. He knows what D'Amico Ryan's does on defense. Zoom, gone. Touchdown. Trent Sherfield, Gone. Former 49er, a little revenge game there, gone. Oh, boy, we're going to have a hell of a day. And, and then Garoppolo gets injured, and it's like, well, here come the Dolphins. They're going to beat the 49ers, get revenge for Super Bowl 19 all these years later. So uh, it's, it's amazing to me that the defense was able to figure him out, make him look ordinary. Haven't heard much from Tuan on the past 12 hours or so. And he's got the ankle injury, although others have reported, and I confirmed last night, he's good to go. It won't be Skylar Thompson and or Teddy Bridgewater Sunday night against the Chargers. It will be Tua. He'll be fine. He had the ankle injury going into the game. He did miss uh, one series. Skylar Thompson came in and threw an interception. But Tua will be good to go by Sunday night when it's time to take on the Chargers, Miles. You'll probably be at that one. I will, yes. If if you're going to go to Raiders-Rams on Thursday night, I think you deserve – you deserve to be helicoptered in and have the royal red carpet treatment if you go to Chargers Dolphins, if you suffer through what's coming on Thursday night. Uh, you want to take care of that for me? Sure. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, uh, but it's good news that uh, Tagovailo is not you know, seriously hurt there um, because the, the Dolphins do need him. And you know, despite the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran quarterback, he has plenty of experience in all of those different types of things, you don't necessarily want to go into the late stretch of December and early January with that guy as your quarterback when Tagovailoa has been playing so well. But, Mike, you mentioned it. Tonga Bailoa looked pretty ordinary yesterday as a quarterback. And some of that, I think, definitely had to do with what the 49ers were doing. But other of it, it was just, he just seemed off. You know, there was that one play at the beginning of the game that goes for 75 yards to Sherfield, But then after that, he was sailing passes high. You know, things just weren't going well for him. I think some of it also might have had to do with the fact that he was missing both of his starting offensive tackles. And when you're going against a defense like the 49ers and you don't have your starting offensive tackles, that probably is going to speed up that clock in your head. 
So that's not good. But, you know, he hadn't thrown an interception since September. He throws two of them. Uh, he's stayed away from the bad turnover plays, and if he gives three of uh, the passes away, if you want to call it that. He has three giveaways in the game. So they have to be better than that. Tonga Vailoa has to be better than that. And I think he will be because, look, the 49ers have a tendency to pretty much do that to everybody. But Tonga Vailoa has got to be better down the stretch for the Miami Dolphins if they're going to do the things that they want to do in getting to the postseason and being good in the postseason. Well, and that's been the big question. At some point, he's going to find himself in a spot where it's not going smoothly, where it's right. not easy. And I had thought, and this was a point Coach Dungy had been making all year, that at some point they're going to have to go outside in the elements. They'll have to go to Buffalo coming up at some point. They'll have to go to New mm -hmm. England coming up at some point. And yes, it is December. I got a, a full blast of December coming out of the hotel this morning. I can confirm it is December in the Northeast. So that'll have to happen. And the playoffs, the pressure will be higher. It's, it's kind of like what the 49ers have been doing with Jimmy G. And I know that Tua became an MVP candidate and people get caught up in it, but it's a product of great coaching by Mike McDaniel, taking full advantage of the things that Tua does well and keeping him out of situations in which he may stumble. He may fall. Right. He may have the kind of game he had yesterday. And Pro Football Reference has a passing quarterback rating calculator. And, and look, I still am, even though the quarterback rating is weird, the perfect score is 158.3, and the QBR that ESPN tried to speak into existence as the primary quarterback stat a decade or so ago, when there was a moment in time where a very ordinary game by Charlie Batch was the highest QBR of all time. That's when I just – I ignore I – don't, I don't pay any attention to the QBR. I still am a passer rating guy. And I say that because I took out the Trent Sherfield play yesterday, the 75-yard catch and run. If you take out that play, to his passer rating yesterday was 64, which in this day and age in the NFL when – you know, it used to be Bad. a big deal if you were in the 80s. Then it was a big deal if you were in the 90s. Now if you're a really good quarterback, you're, you're over 100. The best of the best yes. are over 110. 64 is not good. And, right. and, and, and that potentially is going to happen. Now, I don't know how much of, you know, anytime you see a great offense get shut down, Miles, we think, oh, there's the, there's the blueprint. There's the, there, there's the blueprint for shutting down that offense. Well, if you have the 49ers defense, yes, good luck. There, run the <laughs> blueprint. Right. If, you could, if you could borrow Nick Bosa for the week, you got your <laughs> blueprint. Um, the designs look good, but you still need the materials. And the 49ers yes. have them. So I don't know. I, I, I still think the Dolphins will be fine. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's some cause for concern because there will be another point where they come up against a great defense in a, in a tough spot and, and Tua may get exposed a little bit more. Look, the, I mean, you, you mentioned it. If you have the 49ers pieces, then great. Most teams don't have Fred Warner who can help shut down the middle of the field where you have those intermediate passes that a lot of what the Dolphins do, just like the 49ers, is based off of, right? So, I mean, you look at the Los Angeles Chargers next week. I mean, God love them, but, like, they don't have that kind of personnel that can shut them down. Now, do they have a Khalil Mack? And if he's going against uh, backup offensive tackles, is that a concern? Absolutely. But that's not the same as what the 49ers present in terms of a challenge. So, 
yeah, I mean, you can say, oh my gosh, that's the blueprint, but unless you're working with those same blocks and concrete, you know, I'm not necessarily thinking that you're going to have the same kind of day against Tua Tungavailoa, Mike McDaniel, and that uh, Miami Dolphins offense. You know, it's the, the same thing we've ever, always heard about Tom Brady. Get pressure up the middle, get pressure up the middle. Well, not everybody can get pressure up the middle. And, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, the, and, and I think that anything the 49ers did, it's not all that exotic and crazy. You just have to have no, the guys it, who can do it. All right. So, and Joes. from that game, which should have had a much bigger platform than it did. And hey, stuff happens. There were a lot of great games yesterday. You can't accommodate every game. You can't make a great decision every single time. It's fine. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The main game of the afternoon, 425 p.m. Eastern kickoff, featured a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, the Bengals and the Chiefs. And it's funny how many people fell into this very simple trap of, oh, nobody's beaten Patrick Mahomes three times in a row. It's just not happening. Chiefs are going to win simply because... No one is going to beat Patrick Mahomes three times in a row. And Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat Patrick Mahomes three times in a row. Three times in the same freaking calendar year. 2022 has been the year of the Bengal as it relates to the Chiefs. For as much as the Chiefs have resided in the heads of the Buffalo Bills, the Bengals are residing rent-free in the heads of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's this weird round robin that's going on. Oh, by the way, the Bills and the Bengals get together for the final Monday night game of the year coming up, which should be awesome. Awesome. But, Miles, I, you know, this was exactly the game that I thought it was going to be. Nobody's blowing anybody out. It's going to be back and forth, up and down, and somebody's going to make a big play, and somebody isn't, and that's going to be the difference. Yeah, it's big boy heavyweight football. I mean, it's it's the same kind of game, really, that we saw with, between the Bills and the Chiefs a few weeks ago. And it just so happens that the, the Bengals are a bad matchup for whatever reason for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's just it was one of those games where it's like, man, if Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble, which Travis Kelsey does not do very often, uh, then what happens in that game? Right, the Chiefs are still up at that point. You know, they're trying to go down the field and score more. Harrison Bucker, how is he missing that field goal? What's going on? So it's one of those games where some things happen, and as the Cincinnati Bengals like to say, and we showed it in the open to the show, they've got to come play us. You know, for all the belly aching that we do over Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen being the top two QBs in the league, probably Joe Burrow is right there. And Joe Burrow, frankly, has had more success over the course of his young career than somebody like Josh Allen. So maybe we should be talking about Mahomes and, uh, and, and good Lord, what's happening to my brain right now. Maybe we should be talking about Mahomes and Joe Burrow the way we talk about Mahomes and Josh Allen, right? Because Patrick Mahomes definitely has the championship. He's got the MVP. But Joe Burrow right now is playing as good as anybody in the league. And now that he's got Jamar Chase back, 
who knows what's going to happen with these guys as they go to the finish. Tyler Boyd last week, Bengals receiver, said that Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes is the new Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Many would say it's Josh Allen and Mahomes. Maybe there will be three of them. Maybe it's Allen and Brady. Or, Allen and Burrow. Burrow and Mahomes. Mahomes and Allen. Around Robin there. I mean, it's 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 it doesn't have to just be two guys. It can be. Yeah. Hey, we've got we've got some great quarterbacks. We've got three of them in the conference, and they're going to cross paths from time to time, and it's going to be great whenever they do. Here's Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. On the question of whether Burrow is doing what Miles just suggested, playing at an MVP level. He's, he's playing at the level we need for him to lead us to, to uh, be confident that we can go win every game we play. And, and uh, you know, so whatever those conversations are like, there, there's no doubt. I've said it before, I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the world. Here's the reality as it relates to MVP. Because, I, look, I, I understand that it's part of the discussion. It generates clicks. It draws interest. Who am I going to bet on? Oh, I want to bet on the MVP futures. That's fine. That's fine. Please bet responsibly. But at the end of the day, who's the number one seed? That's what's going to determine who the MVP is. If it's the Bengals, then it's Joe Burrow. If it's the Bills, then it's Josh Allen. If it's the Chiefs, then it's Patrick Holmes. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is saying, what the hell do I got to do to get some votes? Right. And, and it's, it's almost like having more competition to win the one seed makes the guy whose team does it the biggest hero. So right now, right. right now, you know what you should go do responsibly? You should go bet on Josh Allen at 12 to 1 because the Bills are currently the one seed. And if the Bills finishes the one seed, I think it's going to be Josh Allen as the MVP. So uh, and, and it's going to come down to him and Jalen Hurts, and we'll, we'll see. And now this year, because they've got the five, everybody's going to vote for five. It should make things a little closer and eliminate the possibility of a tie. But it's, yeah. it's the one seed is what's critical. Until we know who the one seeds are, we truly don't know who the top two candidates are for MVP. Because it's not like Tyreek Hill is going to have 2,100 receiving yards. It's not like Justin Jefferson is going to do it either. It's going to be one of these quarterbacks, and it's going to come down to the two one seeds, in my opinion. And one's going to make it, and one's going to going to not be. One's going to be the runner up of the two one seeds. That's how it's going to go. Yes, and that, that's how it, it usually goes. I mean, and there's reason for that, you know when. We're talking about the most important position on the best team that kind of inherently makes you the most valuable. I mean, if I don't know, we're really going to do that, but if, if it's in my mind right now, I mean, if, if you have the two current one seeds, I'd go with Jalen hurts just because he's created fewer turnover plays than Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's still tied for the league leading interceptions right now. And they're just sort of are those lapses sometimes that you see. And it's not that he's playing poorly, but it's just I I would vote for Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen if the if if I had a vote and the voting was happening today. Lost in the shuffle yesterday too. Samaj Piran filling in for Joe Mixon, who has not cleared the concussion yeah. protocol, had 21 carries for 106 yards. He had a phenomenal college career. He was, you know, so many of these guys who just have like that must be a typo type yardage in college <laughs> and come to the NFL. It takes him a while. Like Deontay Foreman was the same kind of guy. 
like for whatever reason, and, and maybe what happens is these guys, here's a quick psychoanalysis. These guys are used to being the guy. They're the star. They're the stud running back at their major college program. And then they get thrust into this morass of, oh, what special teams? I got to play special teams. I got I to gotta earn right. my way up the depth chart. I got to prove that I can pick up blitzers on third down. I got to prove that I can hold on to the football. Like you, you get knocked down just as a way that the system works. Very rarely does one of these guys walk through the door and get handed everything. And Samaj P. Ryan and Deontay Foreman, a couple of guys that had to earn it, and it's taken P. Ryan a while. But P. Ryan's got the skills. And good for him to have a 100-yard game and prove to be a viable number two to Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase in his first game back after missing four with that fracture, hairline fracture in his hip, had seven catches for 97 yards. Uh, First December loss for the Chiefs since 2018 and miles i don't know if you were watching the show on friday morning i you know on the days when you're not on the show i assume you get up at 4 a.m pacific time to watch i stumped peter and i would have stumped myself i just knew the answer ahead of time the chiefs still have not won in cincinnati since 1984 that's the last time the chiefs have won in cincinnati and that was peter king's first year covering the nfl with the Cincinnati Inquirer. It was his second NFL game that he ever covered. It was Todd Blackledge versus Ken Anderson in September of 1984. That's the last time the Chiefs have won in Cincinnati. When you think about the last 40 years, the Bengals have not been good for most of it, and the Chiefs have been good for most of it. And to think that they haven't managed to win in Cincinnati in all those years, it's amazing to me. Well, I probably don't play all that much because when you talk about the standings, right, it's not like they've been in the same place and, you know, the division and the way the schedule works and all that. But when you said 1984, I was like, wow, wasn't that the first year that wasn't Peter covering the the Bengals then? And apparently, yes. So maybe they wouldn't have stumped me exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a long, long, long time ago. That that's several years before I was born long ago. Yes, so we apparently Cincinnati just a house of horrors. Yes. Yeah. It was the year uh, Ghostbusters came out. Me. Another movie from the 1980s that miles has not seen Ghostbusters. Have you seen Ghostbusters? Correct. No. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm not even going to ask. I'm, I'm just going to assume if the movie was made between 1980 <laughs> and 1989, you've never seen it and you never will. Okay. Um, Unless it's called Star Wars. The, why, 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 how did Star Wars get an exemption? Because the first one came out in the 70s? Is that – I don't get it. Well, I, I just – I don't know. I mean, I, I just – I like Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Star Wars is big in our family. I mean, I'm not, you know, obsessed, upset, but I, I like the movies. I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, a big fan. Yeah, but your mom's an old movie buff too. So big in the family doesn't mean yes, anything to me. You, 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 you defy – <laughs> The trend that your mother's trying to set for an appreciation of the finest cinematic arts of the days gone by. Plenty of great movies from the 80s still hold up and are every bit as entertaining now as they were. Then some aren't. It is amazing to me. We need to take a break. It is amazing to me how, um, you, you know, like two movies that you liked just as much from the 80s. You watch one of them now, you like it just as much as you did then. You watch another one, it's like, why did I like that? Like, it just feels weird. And it's just, it's just, and I don't know what the secret was. And I don't know if they were even aware of it at the time, but it either holds up or it doesn't. Um, We don't actually, we're, we're, we we got a few minutes left. Let's talk about the chiefs. Where do they go from here? Mahomes had 223 passing yards. That's not exactly Patrick Mahomes textbook kind of a day. Had a rushing touchdown. 
You, you mentioned the Kelsey fumble. Marquez Valdez-Scantling stepped up with a couple of catches for 71 yards. I, I mean, I still think the Chiefs will be fine. I, I, you're not going to win every single game. You're not going to, to be the team that is just unstoppable. There will be days where it doesn't go your way. I still think they're good. I mean, I, if I had to bet on it, I would say they end up being the number one seed in the AFC. When it's all said and done, I think they find yeah. their way to the top. And Mahomes becomes the MVP, and and the road to Arizona goes through Arrowhead. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, I expected the Chiefs to lose this game the entire week for whatever reason. The Bengals seem to have the Chiefs' number, and it's not even that the Chiefs played all that poorly. I mean, this play by Patrick Mahomes, where he's kind of dunking on a defender, I mean, it's incredible. I'm glad it was, you know, still called a touchdown. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, probably you need to keep two hands on the football, though, if I'm going to be a little bit critical of somebody who I think is one of the best players of all time in the NFL already. But, yeah, look, if you're the Chiefs, you still have everything in front of you, and you're still going to be fine. I, I don't think that it was really some horrible, horrible thing that the Chiefs go into Cincinnati and they can't win. I mean, the, the Bengals are feeling really good about themselves right now. And they're playing football with a high level of confidence and they're executing at a high level. So it was going to be one of those big boy, you know, you better strap up your chin strap a little bit tighter kind of day. And it just so happens that they didn't win it. So they had opportunities. They just didn't necessarily come through. I don't feel like the chiefs are, you know, somehow going to fall apart over this or anything. No, they have a decent schedule down the stretch. Oh, they still got to be able to, I don't think games, they play any NFL but, teams the rest of the way. They play yeah, the Broncos right. twice. So, twice? Well, okay. Let's but ride. you still have to defeat the Broncos defense. You got to defeat that defense. That that defense is still good. Now, they, they can't score more than 16 points. So, you're probably not going to beat Patrick Mahomes like that. And thank goodness we don't have to watch that game next week on Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, NFL, for flexing that thing. Oh. But, got a problem with 54 yeah, the, the Chiefs are going to be okay. That's what it's going to be next week. <laughs> Two straight weeks of 54 to 19. Uh, Score Gami. First time ever 54 honestly, to 19 last night. It'd be 54 to 19 again. I don't think they can score 54 it, against the Denver could. Broncos, but they don't need 54. They need four or five. They will not need yeah. 54. Yeah. yeah, no, you you don't even need 30 to defeat yeah. the Broncos. You just need to get to 24, and then you win this year against them. And frankly, I think Miami could run all over the Los Angeles Chargers, but that's probably a conversation for another day. Well, uh, but it still is a better game, a more exciting game, and it's a team that Way we more. haven't gotten to see very much of that we want to see. We want to see the Dolphins with a oh, healthy yeah. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. The only time that, that we've seen them in the past this year, it was the Cincinnati game, which was horrific because of the injury, and then he was back for that Steelers game, and, and it was just we were, it's like the whole game you're holding your breath, like, is he going to be okay? Is this going to work? And, and it wasn't – the offense wasn't clicking the way that it is now. So that should be a great game. But the Chiefs and the Broncos, great decision by the NFL to slide that out of there. But the Chiefs have the Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Now, look, the Seahawks game should be interesting, exciting, an old AFC West mm-hmm. get-together. I think it was the Seahawks the day that Derek Thomas in Kansas City – racked up seven sacks and set the single-game record. Dave Craig was the quarterback of the Seahawks that day, if I recall correctly, and there's a chance I do not. 
They should not lose again. They'll be favored in every game, and they should win out and finish 14-3. and And I think that ultimately becomes enough. It's going to hold off the Bengals, who hold the tiebreaker right now, because they have four losses. Right. And uh, it will it will hold off the Bills or catch the Bills, surpass the Bills. They need to get a game ahead of the Bills. The Bills have three losses. They need the Bills to right. lose one in order to take the one seat away from them. But I, Which I, think I can see happening. I think they're going to win the last five, and they're going to be 14-3, and three, and it's up to the Bills to do the same. If the Bills do the same, then the Chiefs have to go to – whatever the name of the stadium. You know, one thing I'm Highmark learning is stadium. it's Highmark. The, the stadium rights deals really aren't that good for business <laughs> because I can't remember the names of the stadiums. Like the, the one in, in Cincinnati, I couldn't remember. Is it Paycor? I only Paycor. know that because Paycor, it, was on a, it was on a graphic. Something, I don't know. Paying too much because it's not giving you the brand awareness boom, boom. that you were looking for. Thank you very much. Let's take a break. Uh, when we return, the Vikings... Keep it rolling, plus plenty more coming from the 13th Sunday of the 2022 NFL regular season. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 